So when you started to tour a lot, did you like it? Did you like being on the road? The Absolutely. Early tours? It was wonderful. Yeah. It was Jack Kerouac. We were doing it. Yeah. You know, we, we went hungry and there were times when we almost ran out of gas, but... You know, we made it. We were young and we could do that. You're listening to In Weird Cities, where we dive into a city's music scene through a series of heart-to-hearts with artists who call it home. It's for those of us who loved getting lost in music magazines, who like listening to the stories of our favorite songwriters, and who want to know where these artists are coming from. So that was Bill Berry talking about the early days of R.E.M. I'm Kara Zawaro. This is In Weird Cities. And I'm really happy that you're here with me today because we are going outside the city of Athens, Georgia, to the home of Bill Berry. This is a refresher for the more casual R.E.M. fan. Bill was the drummer of the band from 1980 to 1997. You might recall that he had a brain aneurysm on stage and he recovered from that, but still retired from the band shortly after. He stayed out of the spotlight for about 20 years. He really hasn't done any interviews. So why did he decide to sit down with me now? It's a question I've been asking myself over and over again. The short version is that we have a mutual friend. Mike Albanese is an engineer at Espresso Machine, a recording studio in Athens, where Bill was collaborating with some of the guys from 5-8, which is an Athens band. He'll talk about that more in his interview. I don't want to give too much away. Mike is an old friend of mine, and um, he stays at my house whenever his bands are passing through Brooklyn. He plays drums for Maserati, Cinemechanica, and Bit Brigade, and when I was having nachos in the middle of the night with uh, him and his band, I mentioned this idea I had where maybe I could make a podcast where I went to different cities and interviewed all the bands there and kind of told the story of that town through their voices. Mike said, if I could set up an interview for you with somebody really good, would you come down to Athens? Fast forward a few weeks, and we are rolling up Bill Berry's long, tree-lined driveway. Mike's in the driver's seat. His girlfriend, Jane Clamp, is in the back seat with their dog, Gladys. Jane's going to take pictures of this whole adventure. Um, she's a great photographer. As we're pulling up to the house, I notice that there's an Elvis bust peeking out of the front hedge. And then there's Bill on his front steps, strumming a guitar with a checkerboard guitar strap and singing Welcome Kara as he comes and opens my car door for me. I'm so grateful for that moment, not just for the kindness and the generosity of of meeting someone whose music I'm a big fan of, but um, because he seemed fine. I feel like anyone who's a big R.E.M. fan has maybe worried a little bit about him over the years. And, you know, he just really seemed okay. Seemed like a content, peaceful person. (laughs) I was super nervous though, partly because I knew he was totally open to my Athens podcast idea. But, you know, Bill said what he wanted to say about R.E.M. It's kind of in the past for him. And I didn't want to ask him anything that would send him into another 20 years of solitude, you know. I just wanted to say the right thing. But before we went in, I don't know if he noticed how nervous I was, but he asked if I wanted to learn how to drive an ATV, which of course, yes, I did. So I took a spin around the lawns and then we went inside. 
it's no wonder that he likes being home because his house is amazing. It's filled with character. The walls are painted in deep jewel tones and um, he spent years collecting art and antiques and that's just all over the walls and you can tell that there is a story behind every piece. There are no gold records or concert photos, but one thing I did notice as a nod to R.A.M. was a vintage tin sign advertising Orange Crush. If you've listened this far, you probably already know that R.A.M. has a song titled Orange Crush off their 1988 record Green. Uh, but you know what? You've heard enough from me. Here's Bill Berry. All right. Here we go. Hi, Bill. Hello, Kara. How are you today? Everything's wonderful in my world. Thank you. Me too. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, you know, I want to go back to like the beginning of when you started playing music. Do you remember how old you were, you were when you first picked up an instrument? I was in the fifth grade. I was in class. The principal came on the PA system and said, any students that want to join the school band, go to the cafeteria now. I saw it as a way to get out of class and <laughs> decided on the way to the cafeteria that I would play drums. It was the only kind of cool instrument grade schoolers could play. I didn't really want to play clarinet or uh-huh. tuba. And that's actually how I got started. That's awesome. <laughs> I just wanted to get out of class. Uh-huh. So you started in the school band? Yes, I did. Did I you like in, it? I did. Was um, it a marching band or just a... Later, I was in the marching band. Um, yeah, I stayed in the school band until I graduated. That's great. You know, it was fun working on songs with kids that didn't know how to play like me. But yeah. after a while, things sounded better. It was like, wow, this is really kind of coming together. That was exciting, learning how to work with other musicians. Uh-huh. And then were you in any bands like in high school? Or yes. Don't tell anybody, but Mike Mills and I were in a horrible band called Shadow Facts. <laughs> we did cover songs. We played dances and stuff. We did cover songs, and our originals were just horrid. Okay. They were like blues shredded. We were bad. But we did become a pretty tidy bass drum rhythm right, section, right. which would come in handy about four years later. Yeah, yeah. So you went to Athens together? At the same time, yes. Yeah. Um, his parents said, you know, you need to, we both had jobs in Macon, Georgia after we graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. And he's like off the charts smart. And his parents were like, dude, when are you going to go to college? He said, I have to go. I said, you know what? I'm going to go to. Because okay. I had been putting it off. So we both came to school in January of 79. And we met Peter and Michael about six months later. Okay. And formed a band soon after. So what made you decide to go to Athens for, for school? Like, why did you pick that school? Did you like well, I was a Georgia resident, so uh-huh. it was the easiest and cheapest alternative. Okay. I came with aspirations of a law degree so I could go into the music business. I really wanted to be in the music business. Okay. So I came up here to do that and wound up still being in the music business. Right, but right. in a completely different way. What were you thinking that you wanted to do? I wanted to manage bands or... Um, sports figures, okay. what that's, you know, I just wanted to be around famous people. <laughs> you know, at that point in my life, I thought that would be a cool thing to do. Uh-huh. And it sort of worked out the same way. But right, better. right. But you didn't expect that you'd be playing drums? No. No? No. It wasn't your plan. So what did Athens look like when you first arrived in town? Like what was, 
How is it different than it is now? Athens, if you're familiar with it now, is nothing like it was 40 years ago. There were maybe three bars in town that you would play at. Of course, vying for everyone competed for those nights. And the groups that would later be referred to as alternative groups were frowned upon. Really? Initially, yes, around 79, 80, 81. The places that book bands wouldn't have anything to do with bands like us. So. <laughs> what kind of music were they? Well, were they, they had like blues and it was all blues and okay. like country stuff. It was South. Okay. And um, so a lot of bands of our ilk ended up playing at parties. In fact, okay. our first gig was at a party. And that's what was available to them. But you could park downtown even on the weekends. Mm -hmm. At one o'clock in the morning, it was like a ghost town. Wow. Even on a Friday night, it's not like that anymore. Right, right. It's totally changed. So the couple of bands that were also alternative... Were they like, were you all part of a community or what? Oh, yes. We, we all went to the same parties after mm -hmm. the clubs and we were all good friends. And we competed, we were competitors in a way, but the, that spirit did not prevail. We were all yeah. great friends and supported each other, continued to. Pylon, the Method Actors, Love Tractor, who I played with for a while. Um, the Side Effects. There was, it just never occurred to me to leave, honestly. Yeah. What are some things that you like about it that you feel like you can't have other places? It's a liberal city in Georgia, which is kind of neat by itself. It's not huge, but it's big enough that, and the, well, there's the university, a lot of art students. That's the way it was back then, too. That part of it hasn't changed. There's a lot of creative people here, and they seek it out. They didn't as much then, but they do now. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, about 30 years ago, it became the hip place to kind of migrate to. Right. A lot of bands around here will tell you that. So when you started to tour a lot, did you like it? Did you like being on the road? The Absolutely. It was wonderful. Yeah. It was Jack Kerouac. We were doing it. Yeah. You know, we, we went hungry and there were times when we almost ran out of gas. But, you know, we made it. We were young and we could do that. If you think about your career and like when you were really loving it, would you say it was like some of those first tours or do you feel like there are other moments where you're like, oh man, I do like being a drummer. I don't want to do music business anymore. Oh, I never liked being a drummer. Oh, you, you didn't like being a drummer? You still wanted <laughs> never to Never liked being you know? a drummer. I still don't. But, Why? Um, it's just the not, it's not the most musical instrument. Okay. <laughs> I've never written a song in a set of drums. Okay. And some people may have, but actually there's a song or two I can think of that was inspired by a drum beat that I was playing. But I prefer a more musical instrument. What do you like to play? I enjoy playing the guitar. Okay. And I wish I'd played more of it before yeah. I retired. I've done most of my practicing after I retired. Yeah. I've become a pretty good guitarist now. I wasn't then. Yeah. So do you consider yourself more of a multi-instrumentalist now or more of a guitar player You know, player I'm a guy that plays instruments. Multi-instrumentalist mm -hmm. is... Yeah, you not know. a word you would use. You know, I'm not that good at anything. <laughs> Can you tell me the story of how you ended up with this land that you live on now? Uh, in 1988, I decided that I would broaden my portfolio, which is pretty slim back then. It's not like I was rolling dough. And wanted to buy land, and I found this spot, 60 acres, 
it was far enough out of town that it was cheap. It was like two grand an acre. Wow. Back in 88. Um, land's more like 10 or 12 now hmm. per acre. Um, it was strictly an investment. I was just going to sell it later. Oh, really? And then where the last place I lived in Athens was getting kind of weird. There was a lot of um, crack-related crime. Crack had become an epidemic in Athens by 91. Mm-hmm. So if you lived within walking distance of downtown, which I did, you were liable to be robbed or your house broken into. Mm-hmm. It got really, really bad, about 92. Wow. The same year, Losing My Religion was released. So it was like, you know, I don't need to move, live here anymore. Yeah. But I didn't want to leave Athens. Right. So I built a house on my property okay. 20 minutes out of town. Okay. And I stayed. Yeah. I'm still close to Athens and I'm, but I enjoy the country life too. Mm-hmm. I have the best of both worlds. Yeah. Do you have a garden or do you do any? What do you, what There's do you a do? garden on my property, but yeah. my caretaker looks at it. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're not a gardener. <laughs> I get some of the rewards from it, but he does all the work. You know? uh-huh. The farm is at the other end of the property. You saw. I saw some sheep. Yes, that's yeah. the north end. Okay. That's where the farming goes on. Do you do the farming or the caretakers? No, that's, he does that. <laughs> so what's a, what's a day like here? Like, are you playing music every day? I play music every day. I'm lucky enough to be playing with these guys. We're making a record. We're called The Bad Ends. Mike Manioni of 5'8". Mm-hmm. They're his songs, and we, he wanted to make a solo record. We, so me and some buddies okay. are helping with that. So that's my current project. You're playing guitar? At times I play guitar, yeah. yes. <laughs> are you writing? With them? Are you writing with them? Is it his songs? Um, one of the songs I co-wrote, um, okay. but the rest of them are all mics. Are you happy to be back to it? I'm thrilled to be back. Yeah. I should have done a lot sooner. Yeah. I had been... a, basically a 20-year break before okay. I did anything really serious. But you've been playing music all along, just not with other people? I have, but not to the extent. This has been like a two-year project. Oh, okay. I've popped in the studio and played drums on tracks here and there. but Yeah. This is like a full-on sort of job. That's great. I'm loving it. That's good. Do you think you'll play shows? Mm, I wouldn't hold your breath on the live show. Uh Thing is, those guys all have day jobs, so it's impossible for us to rehearse. Right, right. If we can get one two-hour session in a week, that's good. So that doesn't really prep you for a live show Mm -hmm. of 12, 14 songs. Yeah. It sounds like you don't miss... The live shows. <laughs> you know, I don't miss being on the road. I just got yeah. really tired of that. It's one, mm-hmm. one of the main reasons I retired. Um, I don't travel anywhere unless I have to. Really? Yeah. Even just for a vacation? No, I would never go on a vacation. You'd vacation never go for on- me is right here. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, I spent enough time in airports and, and vans and on uh-huh. buses. I kind of like sitting still for a while. Uh-huh. Still haven't grown tired of that. Yeah. I mean, it's really beautiful here. Do you like to read or you're just, you're just hanging out? I do. Um, I, I'm a pretty hyperactive person. I'm busy all uh-huh. day long. I find stuff to do around yeah. the house. I do have to make trips into town occasionally. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a pretty boring life. It, if I <laughs> elaborated, you'd go to sleep. Um, do you go into town to see shows ever? Or are you kind of... Yeah, out? I go in to see shows I want. I don't mm-hmm. just go out hang out at bars. Right, but, right. Um, yes, I will. I get into a show probably 1.6 times a month. Oh. 
Yeah. It's a good amount. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not twice a month, but more than once. Yeah. And it's to see friends usually? It's to see friends or bands I really want to see. Right. Peter Buck and friends will be here in two weeks. Okay. Will you go to that? I'll be there. <laughs> You'll be there. I will be there. I'll even let him drag me up on stage if he insists. <laughs> um, you said that you don't cook, right? Uh, I can, but I'd rather not. You'd rather not. There's a great restaurant about seven miles from here, Hirasoles. Mm -hmm. Jose Zambrano is the chef. And I call in orders. By the time I get there, it's just coming off the oh, grill. Wow. I bring it home, I'm eating 15 minutes later. I eat there probably five times a week. Oh, wow. So that's like your, yeah. your personal and, chef almost. Well, more if I count leftovers. He keeps me alive. Yeah. The song I wrote for this record I'm working on, in fact, is called Ode Jose. Really? Yeah, he's just that big a part of my life. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, I also write about food, so I've been asking everybody a lot of questions about Well, then food. you need to go to hear us all this. Yeah, I will. They're it's, closed today, but um, and they are tomorrow too. Oh, I'll come back. I'm getting off topic. I'm sorry. It's okay. No, no. I'm forgetting this is, that I'm talking. The, the food, the food stuff is it's on topic. Okay. <laughs> um, I've been asking everybody like, what's a, a dish that they really love? Could be in Athens, or I guess this is close enough outside of town. If there's somebody coming to town. Like this is the thing you have to eat. Do you have like a favorite thing there? Tuna tartar, fixed by Jose Zambrano. Okay. In downtown Watkinsville, is the best thing you'll ever eat. Wow. I promise. So there you have it, Tuna Tartar with Bill Berry. What could be better than that? <laughs> Thank you so much, Bill, for opening your home to me and for taking me on a ride on your ATV on the trails behind your house. It was a perfect day. Thank you to Mike for recording this interview and for setting it up. Thank you to Jane for taking the photos that you can see on Instagram at In Weird Cities. Thanks to Joel at High Jump Media for cleaning up this recording that I made my first recording I'm sure it's a mess thank you to Jeff Rosenstock for letting me use your song You in Weird Cities and thanks to all the friends who really helped me figure out how to do this um, what questions to ask and what to say uh, thank you to Bryce in Texas thank you to Philip and Simon all the way across the ocean in Scotland thank you to my friends here in Brooklyn who listen to me agonize about this, Conrad and Chris Dameron, and especially my husband, Pete. Thank you, everyone. Um, I'll be back next week. It won't be Bill Berry. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. I hope you'll stay with me. Bye-bye.